0: I want to talk to you this morning on kill the dragon, get the girl. Kill the dragon, get the girl. And this is uh, going to show you that God is in absolute control. If you got your Bibles or follow on the screen, you don't have to stand this morning. I know we normally stand for the reading of the Word, but I have a lot of Word to read. A lot of Word. So... Uh, It's like entire chapters, so uh, I will do that. I love that we normally stand and reverence the Word, but uh, I will give you that permission to do that. Let me pray, and then we uh, we will go to the Word of God this morning. Father, we love you. We are so grateful for this congregation, Lord, and we are glad to be gathered together here. We're looking forward to Thanksgiving, to being gathered with our families, God, and our friends. And Lord, we just thank you for taking care of us, looking after us, God. Thank you that you haven't given us a spirit of fear. God, that's coming on this world like so crazily right now, but You've given us a, a, a love. Like John mentioned, love lifted me. Love, power, and a sound mind. God, thank You for the sound mind that we have, dear God. Thank you, Father. That uh, that Lord, you uh, that you have uh, uh, that you're with us, God, and that you, uh, Lord, that you are with us each and every day, Father, and that you are here with us. And thank you that you are here with us right now. And so, Lord, just speak to us, Lord. Thank you for the for the worship, God. Thank you for the uh, the the admonition to rise up and to worship, God. Thank you, Lord, for uh, what you're doing in this service, and God, what you're going to do through the Word today, Lord. We love you. We give you the praise. We give you the honor. We give you the glory in Jesus' holy name. And everybody said amen. Amen. Hallelujah. If you got your Bibles, go with me to Revelation 19. We're going to read verses 6 through 16, and then we're going to read Revelation 20, verses 1 through 15, and that's going to set the stage. So I'm going to read a lot of scripture here to you from the beginning. And so, well, stand if you want to. That's fine. Thank you. Uh, I know, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. So it's not that long you got to stand. Then I heard what seemed to be the voice of a great multitude, like the roar of many waters, and like the sound of mighty peals of thunder, crying out, Hallelujah, for the Lord our God, the Almighty reigns. Let us rejoice and exalt, and give Him glory, for the marriage of the Lamb has come, and His bride has made herself ready. And it was granted her to clothe herself with fine linen, bright and pure. For the fine linen is the righteous deeds of the saints. And the angel said to me, Write this, Blessed are those who are invited to the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he said to me, These are the true words of God. Then I fell down at his feet to worship him. But he said to me, You must not do that, for I am a fellow servant with you and your brothers who hold the testimony of Jesus." Worship God, for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of the prophecy. Then I saw heaven opened and a white horse. The one sitting on it is called Faithful and True, and in righteousness He judges and makes war. His eyes are like a flame of fire, and on His head are many diadems or crowns, and He has given a name written that no one knows but He Himself. And He is clothed in a robe dipped in blood, and the name by which He is called is the Word of God. And the armies of heaven are arrayed in fine linen and white and pure. We're following him on white horses. And from his mouth comes a sharp sword with which to strike down the nations. And he will rule them with a rod of iron. And he will tread the winepress of the fury of the wrath of God Almighty. And on his robe and on his thigh he has a name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Now look at Revelation 20 verse 1. It says, Then I saw an angel coming down from heaven having the key to the bottomless pit, and a great chain in his hand. And he laid hold of the dragon, that serpent of old, who is the devil and Satan, and bound him for a thousand years, and cast him into the bottomless pit, and shut him up, and set a seal on him, so that he should deceive the nations no more till the thousand years were finished. But after these things he must be released for a little while, And I saw thrones, and they sat on them, and judgment was committed to them. Then I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded for the witness of Jesus and the Word of God, who had not worshipped the beast or his image and had not received his mark on their foreheads or on their hands. And they lived and they reigned with Christ for a thousand years. But the rest of the dead did not live again until the thousand years were finished. This is the first resurrection. Blessed and holy is He who has part in the first resurrection. Over such, second death has no power. But they shall be priests of God and of Christ and shall reign with Him a thousand years. Now when the thousand years have expired, Satan will be released from his prison and will go out to deceive the nations which are in the four corners of the earth, Gog, Magog, to gather them together to battle, whose number is of the sea of the sand, uh, sand of the sea, and they went on uh, on the breadth of the earth and surrounded the camp of the saints and the beloved city. And fire came down from God out of heaven and devoured them. The devil who deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone, where the beast and the false prophet are. And they will be tormented day and night forever and ever. Then I saw a great white throne and him who sat on it, from whose face. Earth and heaven fled away, and there was found no more place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, standing before God, and books were opened. And another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged according to their works by the things which were written in the books. The sea gave up the dead that were in them, and death and Hades delivered up the dead that were in them. And they were judged, each one according to his works. Then death and Hades were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And anyone not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. You can be seated. A lot of scripture. Kill the dragon, get the girl. That's what you just read about. Now... It seems like crisis we just talked about. John talked about that. Other people have come up here and talked about the crisis that we're, we're looking at that's everywhere right now. We're all facing crisis. I started to talk about uh, your, uh, today, and I will in the future, about there being. Uh, there's a great scripture in Ecclesiastes that talks about God putting a crook in your lot. It's an old Puritan term, and an old term that used to be used in in, in in more speech back then. How God can put a crook? We all want to go. We all we all want our life to go straight, don't we? We all want to. We all want to map out our life and go in one direction. But sometimes God puts a bend in your life. Sometimes He puts a crook in your life, and and we often will accuse Satan of putting the crook in our life when, in reality, sometimes there's a verse that gives. Very clear direction that sometimes God puts a crook in your life. And I'll tell you that in the weeks ahead and tell you why that crook is there. And I'll tell you how God uses that crook and what He does in our lives to do that. But but we're all facing crisis right now that seem overwhelming. Crisis are everywhere. Some last for a while. And some crisis, you get the phone call or you get the report, and some crisis lasts forever, don't they? they change your life forever. I mean, nothing is ever the same again. And and when that's happening is all the phone reports and all the phone calls and all the things that I see the enemy doing right now in people's lives. And it just infuriates me to the point where I just hate what the devil is doing to families. Does anybody else in here hate what the enemy is doing to our children? Hate what the enemy is doing to the streets of our nation? Hate what the devil is doing in our lives and in our families' lives and in our world right now? now. How many hate the devil? Come on. Yeah, you can clap. I hate the devil. I, I hate what the devil has done and I cannot wait when God holds the devil responsible for everything that he's doing in lives today. Everything that he's doing in the nations of the world. It's not going to last forever. It, it, what he's doing right now will not last forever. There's going to come a day when our Lord and our Savior will put an end to it and when he will bring this uh, devil to an end and to a place where he is held accountable for what He has done in people's lives and in the nations of the world. And we just read about a guaranteed promise of where God is going to do that very thing. And I cannot wait for it. Where the dragon is slain. Where the dragon is finally taken down. He is finally slain once and for all. But the Bible tells us earlier in some Scripture that the devil was cast down to the earth and he really began to fume out his wrath there in the book of Revelation because he knows it says his time is short he knows he has but yet a short time on the earth to do his work and we're going to see that come even more so as we enter the last days and as the time of tribulation comes and the devil knows that he really his days are finally numbered and he only has but a short time to work and the heat really intensifies because he doesn't want to just destroy his own life he wants to take as many with him as he possibly can amen and so the mission of God has always been from the very beginning get the girl. Get the girl. That that kill the dragon and get the girl. That's the whole mission from Genesis to Revelation. Get the people that are to be eternally joined to me, get them out of the clutches of the dragon, and let them come back and be united with me again in a state of union, never to be touched again, never to be poisoned again, never to be taken advantage of again, never to be affected by sin again, John, that this people will be killed the dragon, get the girl. Amen? That's what he's doing. And so Genesis starts off in a state of marriage, doesn't it? That's exactly what we see. God creates and immediately, what does He do? He brings Adam there and He says name all the animals Adam. Adam starts to name all the animals but there's something in Adam's heart. He knows hey, giraffes have a male and a female. Hey, the, the lions have a male and a female but I don't have anybody else like me. And so God says, I'll do something about that Adam. I'm going to put you to sleep and I'm going I'm to take from your rib and I'm going to create and fashion somebody like you that can be your helpmate, that that can be joined together with you, that it's not good that you be alone, but I'll make you somebody like yourself that you can spend your days with and Marcy and I were talking about that our our, our second son just got engaged and we're almost empty nesters and we've talked about that all of our life we've talked about how how, uh, we we to prepare because one day we're our parents and we're we're home and our kids are gone and we got to still know each other. We've got to still have a relationship together. And she looked at me in the car today, this morning, and just said these very words, I'm so glad that I have you. I'm so glad we have each other right now. Because as these things begin to happen, we still have each other in our lives right now. And aren't you glad for husbands and wives? Aren't you glad for your children? Aren't you glad for your family, your fathers and your mothers? Uh, I was glad last night when I got to call my dad and share the news of what just took place in my son's life with my dad. And, and just those things are so special to have people in our lives. And that's what God does. He comes together, brings Adam and Eve together in a state of matrimony to create the family. And they represent Him in the earth. And they're meant to rule over the earth. He didn't make them just puppets. He wanted them to rule and to reign and, and, and to tend the garden and to and to subdue the earth and to, to go out and multiply themselves and to, and to build cities and to build, uh, invent things and to just do amazing things. And they were off to a good start until what? The dragon entered. Until that old serpent, that old snake began to slither through the garden and the Bible says that matrimony began to give way to war very quickly in the garden. We see immediately that matrimony gives aside, and God immediately pronounces war. I mean, I love it. I'm so glad for our God. Kill the dragon. Genesis 3.15, He immediately comes in, the Bible says, and He pronounces judgment on this dragon, the Bible says. Here's what He says. I will put enmity between you and the woman, between your offspring and her offspring, he shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. I'm going to kill you because of what you've done to my body. I'm going to kill you because of what you've done to Adam and Eve. I'm going to kill you because of what you've done to my bride who I'm joined together with in union. I walk with them in the cool of the day. I have fellowship with them. I want to be joined to my people. You've come in, you've deceived them, and now they're divided from me they're separated from me and devil i'm putting you on notice you are at war and the war's over basically you're at war and it's and it's over and i'm going to show you that because you're coming in between me and my bride and i'm going to do something about it and there's this thread that runs all through Scripture that you see. I could have picked a million verses, but in the Old Testament, you'll show a thread that goes through here. Look at the first one where it says right here uh, in the Scriptures what it tells us about this Old Testament thread in Job 26, 13. Look what he says. He says, by His Spirit, he, He hath garnished the heavens. His hand has formed the crooked serpent. Or by His wind, the heavens were made fair. His hand, God's hand, pierced the fleeing serpent. That's what your Bible says. Look at what Psalms 74, 14 says. You crushed the heads of Leviathan or the sea monster. You gave him as food for the creatures of the wilderness. Aren't you glad that God pronounced immediately war on this devil? And he said, devil, you are going to be crushed. You mess with my people and I'm going to crush your head. I'm going to take care of you, amen? I'm going to kill the dragon and I'm going to get the girl back. Look at what he says in uh, 70, uh, uh, Isaiah 27:1. In that day, the Lord, with his heart, uh, with his heart ha- uh, hard and great and strong sword, will punish Leviathan, the fleeing serpent, Leviathan, the twisting serpent, and he will slay the dragon that is in the sea. kill the dragon and get the girl. That's what he's going to do. That's what he's going. I don't care what you're going through. I don't care how bound you are. I don't care what's coming against you. Your God reigns and your God has already pronounced judgment. And one of you act like you believe it. But you ought to shout glory because we win. Amen. Hallelujah. Man, y'all are beat down with some kind of oppression. I hope by the end of this message, you are shouting with a shout of victory. Amen. Whoa. Hallelujah. And then the Son of God comes and look what He says in the New Testament. Maybe the New Testament to get you a little more excited. John 14 and 30, Jesus tells His disciples, I will no longer talk much with you for the ruler of this world is coming and He has no claim on me or no power over me. Listen to what He says in John 16 and verse 8. And when the Holy Spirit comes, He will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment, concerning sin Because they do not believe in me concerning righteousness, because I go to the Father, and you will see me no longer. And concerning judgment, because the ruler of this world is judged or condemned already. Come on! Maybe you you all want to. Do you want to be condemned? Come on! You're not condemned, church. You're not condemned already. Come on! Colossians two fifteen. And he disarmed rulers and authorities, speaking of satanic forces of darkness, and put them to open shame or a public spectacle by triumphing over them in the cross. In the cross. Listen at Hebrews 2.14. Since therefore the children share in flesh and blood, He Himself likewise partook of the same things. In other words, the human limitation and weaknesses that through death He might destroy the one who has the power of death, that is the devil, and deliver or release all those who through fear of death were subject to lifelong slavery or bondage. All you who, we've, we've determined something from Corona. The whole world is afraid of dying. We won't even get out of our houses anymore. Christians won't even get out of their houses. We're terrified. When the Word of God right here says that we, we are no longer to fear death. We're no longer to fear death. We don't have to fear death. If I die, I'm with the Lord. Amen? Amen? I feared death when I had sin in my life, John. I feared death when I didn't know that love had lifted me. I feared death when I was a slave to this sin and in bondage. And every night I'd lay on my pillow at night and say, Dear God, don't let me die and go to hell. Dear God, it was just absolutely torment. I was tormented by death. I was tormented by the fear of death. And I was so afraid every night of my life I prayed that prayer. And I just went out and sinned again the next day. And then I'd pray it again. And then I'd go out and sin again the next day. and then finally the son of God came to me and he delivered me from that sin and he delivered me from that fear of death and I don't lay on my pillow every night saying dear God don't let me die and go to hell I know I'm secure I know that I'm saved I know that I'm born again I know that my sin has been cast as far as the east is from the west I know that I'm clothed now in his righteousness amen I have peace at night last night Cole comes home and they said to have us snoring like crazy. Man, I sleep at night. And I rest in the Lord. Amen? He's got me. To live is Christ and to die is gain. Look at what 1 John 3.8 says. Whoever makes a practice of sinning is of the devil. Hey, hey. Whoever makes a practice of sinning. I thought it didn't matter. Whoever make America wake up to this scripture whoever makes a practice of sinning is of the devil for the devil has been sinning from the beginning the reason the son of god appeared was to destroy the works of the devil So what we see here is Jesus is the crusher. He is the serpent crusher. He has come. This is not future. He has already condemned the serpent. He has already condemned the devil. He has already pronounced His judgment. It's already been done. It is a past tense work. It was done at Calvary. It was done at the cross. It is finished. The battle is over. There will be no more war. It is finished. The victory has been won through Christ. Amen. And when you read the book of Revelation, which you ought to do now because it's really opening up. And you ought to read books like Ezekiel and you ought to read books like Daniel because they're really popping off the page as we live in the world and the day that we're leaving, living in today in Zechariah and those wonderful passages of Scripture that always kind of oh, confused us for a while. And it seems like now they're opening up because we're living in such days. And Revelation is just bringing us to the climatic fulfillment of what has already been done. That's what it's doing. It's the full manifestation of what took place 2,000 years ago on the cross. The dragon was destroyed. The dragon was defeated. The devil's fate was sealed. Amen? The cross of Jesus Christ sealed the devil's fate. He's done. He's done. He's finished, folks. But it's Jesus' return that brings the devil to his fate. Let me say that again. The cross sealed the devil's fate. Okay? Okay? But it's Jesus' return that brings the devil's fate. Do you understand that? You might need to write that down so you can remember that if you get confused about what's going on. He's already rendered. He's already defeated. He's already done. The death blow has already come. But Jesus' return is going to bring that the devil's fate to finality and we're going to watch it when he returns. Hebrews 2 14 and 15 said by death he destroyed him who had the power of death. It's a past tense work because of the cross of Jesus Christ. We can now by faith be free from the torment and trouble and sin that has been a problem for us all of our life that separation from God we now have. uh, the the middle wall of partition has been come down and now he's destroyed the power of death and we now have access to our God by a new and living way Hebrews says through the blood of Jesus Christ amen and here's the thing he's defeated but he's still dangerous I said, "The devil is defeated, but he's still John dangerous. He's still very dangerous. And the reason he's very dangerous is he wants you, and he wants your children. And he wants churches. And he wants to take as many people to his fate as he he possibly can. That's exactly what he wants to do. And we pick up with the story in Revelation 19.6 that we read from the beginning. And right before that, John is seeing Babylon destroyed. Now Babylon is this. And this is what you're going to see in the the coming days that's beginning to culminate and and come forth. Or or hopefully we'll be in heaven. But but here's what, what is going to be coming out on the earth in the coming days is that ba- babylon is the poetic embodiment of everything in society that opposes god and his kingdom that's what babylon is everything this wicked world system that has set itself up without god every government that set itself up without god every business that set itself up without god every religion and church that has set itself up without god it's all coming down babylon is everything that opposes god and it's going to come down, and that's what John has just seen right before Revelation 19:6. The judgment of all that is opposed to God in this world—everything on sinking sand. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. Amen. And, that, and and all other ground is sinking sand. And everything that of this world that is built apart from Jesus Christ, it is it is doomed for destruction. And that's what John is seeing in this passage of Scripture. And then he comes to verse 6 and the, and the story shifts for a moment and we see the focus goes from God's justice to the bride. It shifts from the justice all of a sudden to the bride. And look at what he says again in verse 6 that we read in the beginning. Then I heard what seemed to be the voice of a great multitude, like the roar of many waters, and like the sound of a mighty peal of thunder, crying out, Hallelujah! For the Lord our God Almighty reigns. Let us rejoice and exalt and give Him glory, for the marriage of the Lamb has come. Yes! Yes! But before the marriage, there's a war in the heavenlies. And rather than the groom for a moment, he pronounces the the marriage supper is coming. And I just want you to follow out the way the sequence of events and kind of put up, put out your theology and everything you've learned from here and there and everywhere else and just follow what the Scriptures are saying here. And I want you to think about this. Here, the groom, that come out. John has seen Babylon destroyed. There is an announcement about the marriage supper that is about to take place. But before that, rather than the groom coming out dressed in his groomly uh, robe or whatever he wears, his suit, whatever, and, and the bride, coming out with her dress on all of a sudden the scene shifts again and he comes out the groom rather than in his robe he comes out the Bible says dressed as a warrior clothed in blood soaked garments with the armies of heaven they're going to make war against evil and he's wearing this blood-soaked garment, and it's a terrifying scene. And when you read it, it may make you even a little uncomfortable. It may make you, uh, because there, it may make you think this is unjust. But I want you to tell you something: there is nothing unjust about this passage of scripture whatsoever. If you have that in your heart, then you really don't understand just how vile mankind's sin is. You don't know the wickedness of your own heart apart from God. You don't understand what you're capable of because here we have the Lamb of God riding with the armies of heaven which is his bride there coming the Bible says and he is coming there to destroy uh, the, 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 the sin of humanity the evil and wickedness that has been going on for long after long after long of a period of time Revelation nineteen fourteen says and the armies of heaven arrayed or clothed in fine linen white and pure were following him on white horses So, The bride and the groom preparing to be joined together eternally now ride out together to make war with the dragon and his forces. And the bride is clothed, the Bible says here, in the righteous acts of the saints. So that tells me it's not just me that he's talking about. This is a community that he is joined to that the Bible is talking about when it talks about the bride of Jesus Christ because they are clothed in the righteous acts of the saints. It's a community that He is looking to be joined to. Those who have yielded their lives to Jesus Christ. And that brings us down to verse 20. We see them coming. They're with their Savior. They're about to ride out and make war against this evil. And here in in chapter 20 is the outcome of this war. Look at what it says. It says, "And and Jesus took the dragon and He bound him and He imprisoned him for a thousand years. And after that, at that point, there's a rule of righteousness on this earth set up over the earth like never before. Yet it's a temporary rule where Jesus will rule with a rod of iron, where Jesus will set himself up and they will sit on the throne of his father David and there he will rule and he will reign and we will see something like we've never seen on the face of this earth that the nations will come up and give their glory to the King of kings and the Lord of lords and honor him and it'll be a thousand year reign like we've never seen before since the beginning of time and all of a sudden, but it's a temporary thing because the Bible tells us something at the end of that time that after the thousand years have ended, he says, Satan will be released from his prison and will go out and deceive the nations again. And they gather themselves. The devil goes to the four corners of the earth and he gathers he gathers it's amazing how in the world you can gather and deceive people again who have been living in such amazing times but yet there will be hearts that are not redeemed there will be hearts that still are there and all of a sudden he will go out and he'll begin to gather for himself again another army and they'll come together and they'll surround that city where the saints of God are with their with their bridegroom there and he'll come they'll come against and surround that city but the Bible says this time, that Jesus, look at verse 10, the devil who deceived them, the Bible says that fire comes down from God. In verse 9, it's not even any competition. We don't even have to lift a finger. God Almighty destroys them with just fire coming down out of heaven and the battle is over. And then verse 10, it says, the devil who deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone where the beast and false prophet are and they will be tormented day and night forever and forever and forever. And forever and forever. Here's what's interesting when you read the book of Revelation. There's no courtroom for Satan. You ever notice that? No courtroom, Taylor. No arraignment, no hearing. It's already been done. 2,000 years ago he's condemned already we see this great white throne there but it's not for satan it's not set up for satan all of a sudden satan the false prophet they're all thrown into the lake of fire death and hades gives up they're all thrown into the lake of fire but then all of a sudden we're taken to a scene where we see this great white throne who is that for it's not for the devil it's for mankind it's mankind's judgment. Mankind has not been judged yet. And here here, here, he comes before God. And the books are open. This is for mankind that we come before the judgment seat. And the great white throne here, the Bible says, if you're not in Christ, we're guaranteed of the devil's fate. He's already going into the lake of fire. But here we see, right here, when we come to the history and the close of humanity, mankind stands before the judgment seat. And there's two kinds of people when history closes. Are you ready? When the world comes to an end here, we have two types of people on the earth at this time. Those who belong to the Lamb and those who belong to the dragon. And so my question today is which one do you belong to? Those who belong to the Lamb or those who belong to the dragon and His minions? Because that's what it's going to come down to. The fate of the dragon has already been sealed. It's already been taken care of. What about our fate? What about your fate? Where do you stand in the battle? Do you stand on the victor's side or do you stand on the side that's going to be crushed, that's already had their fate determined? Let me read one more passage of Scripture and I've got a couple of songs that I want them to play up there that I just had thought about this morning. But Revelation 21 and 1, I want I I to show you one more place John then takes is then taken to to see this wonderful scene that begins to take place where God is finally joined with His people, just like in the garden again. Listen to what it says. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the, uh, from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. Isn't that what He... Kill the, sl- kill the dragon... and and get the girl kill the dragon and get the girl Adam and Eve forfeited forfeited this right and we were lost forever but here he immediately set out a plan and now we see the fulfillment of that plan he takes John after all this war after all this of taking care of evil after all of these things then he brings him to this place above and he sees this great, great city coming down and absolutely prepared as a bride adorned for her husband and I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man and He will dwell with them and they will be His people and God Himself will be with them as their God. Isn't that like it was in the garden? He walked with Adam and Eve in the cool of the day and He will wipe every tear from their eyes and the death shall be no more and neither there shall there be no mourning nor crying nor pain anymore for the former things have passed away and He who was seated on the throne said, Behold, I'm making all things new. Also, he said, write this down. For these words, they're not fairy tales. They are trustworthy and they are true. And he said to me, it is done. I'm the Alpha. I'm the Omega. I'm the beginning. I'm the end. I can accomplish this. I can do it because I am everything. I'm the I am. To the thirsty, I will give them the spring of water of life without payment. The one who conquers will have this heritage and I will be his God and he will be my son. But as for the cowardly, the fi- the faithless, the detestable, as for the murderers, as for the sexually immoral, as for the sorcerers, as for the idolaters, as for the liars, their portion will be in the lake that burns with fire and sulfur, which is the second death. Then came one of the seven angels that had the seven bowls full of the seven last plagues and spoke to me saying, come And I will show you the bride, the wife of the Lamb. And He presents His bride, folks. The beautiful bride. His trophy of grace. And all the angels will marvel at the workmanship that was done in this bride. All the angels will marvel that He could take, Cindy, a person like you and me, and He could pluck us from the fire, and He could make something beautiful out of us. And we stand there as trophies of grace, and they just say, only God could do this. Only God could do this. Only God could do this. And they'll just marvel. They're not going to say, whoa, look what Brad did. No, they're going to fall down, and they're going to worship their God, and say, my goodness, did you see that rascal? Did you know what he was? Look what God did. Look what the grace of God did. Oh, the grace of God. Oh, the glory of God. And as he carries John away, he examines that glorious city, that new Jerusalem, and he says it's shaped like a cube, just like the Holy of Holies in the temple. Just like another Holy of Holies. Yet there we all can be in that place with Him. And we'll never be distant from Him again. But that's a day only for the bride. Only for the Lamb's wife. And God, I'm telling you, folks, God passionately loves you. If you're apart, it's like John, John, I've let in perfectly. If you are here today and you don't know the Lamb of God, if you are here today and you are apart from God and your sin has separated you from God, you're habitually practicing sin right now. I've got good news for you. God loves you. God wants you. In fact he came after us in our rebellion and rescued us from the dragon. And he's coming to you today and he loves you, he will forgive you and he will rescue you and he will give you eternal life. So here's my altar call. We're going to play a song in two songs. I got an oldie and I got a newie. And we're going to play them both. And I want to hear them both because they were both put on my heart today by the Holy Spirit. And I just rejoiced right there about the coming of the Lamb of God and about not not having to wait to rejoice when this is all done, but we can rejoice now because his fate is already sealed. Amen? And so we're going to rejoice now that we're rescued from the dragon. And so here we go. Here's my altar call. Number one, you're saved, but you're discouraged today. You're saved, but you're discouraged. Lay down your discouragement because the devil doesn't win. Okay? I know there's a lot of discouragement. I know it's hard. I don't mean to, I, I, look, I had to preach myself happy. Not get, I, I know we come in here. Look, we've had deaths. We've, we, we've been slapped and hit with all sorts of things this week. So obviously we come in and we're not, and, 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 uh, and we've gone through a lot. But I'm going to tell you what, if you are discouraged today, lift up your head because the devil does not win. Keep on fighting. Keep on fighting the good fight. We may have a few more battles to go through, but keep on fighting. We win. We win. Number two, if you're playing games with sin, you can't keep sin as a pet. I'm going to tell you what, this dragon is ferocious, and he wants to take As many as he can, you open the door to sin, you will get bit, you will get taken. Uh, It'll take you further than you ever wanted to go, and it will mess you up. And I'm telling you, run from it as fast as you can. Number three, you are not a Christian today. Today is the day of salvation, and there's neat little uh, ABCs that a lot of people follow, and I'm gonna give you an A, B, C, and D. And here it is. If you don't know Christ today, admit you're a sinner. B, believe in Jesus Christ, that he died, buried, rose again. C. Confess Him as Lord and Savior of your life. And I heard a preacher recently add this one. D. It's discipleship. Get plugged into a Christian community. Walk with God so that you can live for Him and you can be a witness for Him. And we would love to be that community that you walk with. Or we'll help you find one that's better fitted for you. So I'm going to pray. We're going to play a song. And if you need one of those altar calls, you can respond to it right where you are. You can come to this altar. We'll pray with you. And then third or last Lastly, just worship him because I got a song, a couple of songs that I think will talk about the battle being over. And I want you to just rejoice today that your king has killed the dragon and he's getting us, the girl. Amen. So, 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 uh, me and that sometimes you calling me a girl. No, no, it's just a figurative speech. You're still a male. You don't lose your maleness. We're a community. He's calling it a bride. You'll be all right. Let's, let's worship the Lamb today. So let me pray. Father, we love you. We thank you, God, for this day. We thank you for this message, God, that reminds us, Lord, that, that since the very beginning, since we fell in the garden, God, you created matrimony and marriage, God, a couple and humanity, and they were to be joined to you. In fact, they were. They had they had no separation. You you walked with them in the cool of the day. They had intimacy with you. But Satan came in and he destroyed that. He deceived them. Sowed into them uh, a, a vile nature, a wicked nature. And God, You had to banish them from the garden. But Lord you didn't you didn't banish them without a plan you had a plan you implemented it oh so quickly in the in the book of Genesis before the foundation of the world you had a plan you knew what we would do and you enacted a plan that God would so love the world that he would send his son to crush the serpent to crush the head of Satan and destroy Satan and to win us back and Lord I love it I love the first part of Revelation when we come into those first four or so chapters and we and we we see John and those other people standing there And all heaven is silent. And they're looking and there's this title deed to the earth and these sealed judgments that are about to be unleashed on the earth to bring total redemption to mankind. And they look around and say, who is worthy to take the scroll? And there's no one found worthy. And all of a sudden, John, he turns and he sees a lamb. And he says, oh my goodness, behold the Lamb of God. And just like he did before. And all of a sudden, weep not this time, he says. Behold, the Lion of Judah has prevailed to take the book, to take the scroll and unleash the judgment upon the earth. Oh God, you're going to eradicate this world of evil. And God, you have a land for us. You have a city for us that comes down, sup- suspended between heaven and earth. where Wherein righteousness dwells. The people of God dwell. And it it's such a glorious city. It's a beautiful city. It's pure. It's white. It's lovely. It's radiant. There's no need for a moon or sun there. God, you are the light there. You are the lamp in that Temple. And oh God, we're going to be there with you. It is glorious. It is glorious. The gates are open. We can go in and out. It's so freeing. It's so liberating. It's so wonderful never to be tormented by sin anymore because love has lifted us to this place. And oh God, it's amazing. Amazing love. And Lord, we just love you. We give you the praise. We give you the honor. Lord, if there's somebody discouraged today, may their discouragement melt away when they remember that the Lamb has conquered and the devil, the dragon that's been tormenting them is already defeated. And God, we thank you for that. If there's somebody lost, let them come into the family today. If there's somebody toying with sin, let them just run and say, no more devil. My Christ can bring me out of that place. And I want to be out there today. So Lord, we give you the praise. We give you the honor and the glory. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said amen.